All right, and we are rolling. What's up, Eric? Hey, not much. How are you? I'm great. Hey, guys. Welcome, everybody, to uh, – I'm not sure what we're going to call this yet, but I, I, I kicked the idea of you of B&E because of Brandon and Eric and then breaking and entering. So I think we're going to go with that for now, the B&E show. I actually like that one. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, I like it too. It, there's a lot of different meanings we can uh, go with there. Um, anyway, guys, uh, for those of you who don't know us, my name is Brandon Smith, and I'm sitting here with Eric Smith. Uh, no relation. <laughs> that, that actually might be breaking news for some people. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's been a long lie going on for a while. Yeah, that you were my cousin? Yeah. That's all right. We're brothers in uh, in uh, arms. How about that? <laughs> Uh, anyway, we're coming to you. Uh, we had this idea to do a show. So this show is going to be basically explaining what we're going to be doing moving forward with our show and, um, you know, uh, letting you guys know how we feel about things and where this is going to be going. What we wanted to do was a show that not really a show about politics, but a show that would talk about a little bit about politics, talk about current events, mm-hmm. talk about news. Um, I think there's a lot of news stories that obviously um, uh, get slanted one way or another. And there's a lot of stories also that are either not really talked about in the mainstream media or hidden stuff uh, involving this country that you could readily find in other country sources. So I think that's a good thing to do to bring up too. And it's the same thing if if you're in another country, basically that country doesn't want you to know all their dirty secrets too. So we hear a lot in this country about, you know, about Russia's problems or about, you know, Europe's problems or France's problems or where they wouldn't hear as much. So I think it's good. Um, it's a good way to, uh, to be an outlet. And I remember when I approached you about it, you were very excited. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. I mean, anyone who knows me knows I'm opinionated on this stuff. And I'm <laughs> yeah. not shy about that whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So uh, usually I just go on Facebook rants, and now this is a new way for me to get my opinion out there. Yeah, that's basically how it started. Um, I remember – I think it was we were in your car one time, and I we were talking about you had a Bush and a Reagan sticker, bumper sticker, and I yeah, said something Bush, about it. No, no, it was a uh, Reagan conservative oh, Ra- bumper yeah, sticker. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we were, we were talking about it, and that started a long – I think it was a MySpace uh, war. That we <laughs> That's how long ago this was. And uh, through the years, obviously, both of our stances have changed. And I think that's really important, and that's one of the reasons why I want to do this show with you, because we don't obviously we don't exactly agree on a lot of things. We do agree on some very important things, and we both are able to change our opinions and our views, you know, based relatively on facts. Yes. We don't just kind of jump on a bandwagon uh, as easily and just go with it. So I think that's very important to be a voice of reason and and a stable voice. So that's kind of why I wanted you to be on the show with me. Um, and I wanted to let everyone know that. And then people that know me, um, a lot of people know me from either DJing or they might know me from comedian or, you know, my other podcasts that I'm on. I don't really talk a lot about politics. Um, I might talk a little bit about current events and stuff. So this is going to be a good chance for people to get my take on things. But when we first yeah. met, it was mostly politics. Yeah, yeah, it was. We yeah, it really was. All the time we got together. Yeah, we really and, did. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a good way to have this conversation and to get out to other people that might either think the way we do or maybe you even don't agree with us. But our, our thing is, and one wait, of my people, things. People might not agree yeah, with us. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I'm letting <laughs> you know that there's probably a lot of people oh, now. shoot. Uh, obviously in this climate, in this country, there's a lot of people who don't and would agree with, with us. Um, and, and it's funny, it reminds me of something that's kind of, uh, always funny to me is depending on who's the president is 
who I will, will agree with or who agrees with me because I'm basically anti any president we've had for a, a while. Um, and so and it, it has nothing to do with that person as a person. It just has to do with their actions. Absolutely. So, you know, the same thing we could we could talk about Trump, for example. You know, he said a lot of great things and he was saying things that were a little scary. And then he was saying things that were exciting for people who are interested in freedom, but I don't really see, you know, there's a lot of things we could talk about where he is going with that. And that's one of the topics I want to talk about, um, you know, his actions compared to can So president Trump's actions appeared, uh, as opposed to candidate Trump's or candidate Trump's words, same thing with Obama. You know, he came in, he was this huge peacetime anti-war candidate, and then he came in and he was basically the only president or he was the only president to ever be under war every day in office or at war yes. every day in office, which is scary to me. And it's not like I said, I'm not trying to come at it where I'm, I'm bashing one side or another. I'm just a person who's anti-war. I have my make up it's not war shirt. I was in the Marine Corps um, and I don't believe that war uh, should be the answer. There's maybe there's a sometimes when war is an answer and you have to fight to protect what you believe in, but I don't think that, um, it should be the last result. Yeah. It should always be the last resort, you know? And, and I don't think that, um, I think the way the attitude here is, it's a lot different. People don't, because I mean, when you talk to somebody on the street, it's not like anyone's really pro war. You don't go up to someone and they're like, Hey, we want to go to war. No. You know? So I think that we can get our message across to people. It would be easy to get across. So even if people who don't agree with us, they might start to see that we have a point or that we might open their eyes a little bit. And my goal really with this isn't to, to fight with people or to start fights. I really want to inform people and I want to unite people. Cause I believe that, you know, whether you're a Hillary Clinton supporter, whether you're a Donald Trump supporter. So if you have a Hillary Clinton supporter and a Donald Trump supporter, they have more in common with each other than they do with the person who they support, which is hilarious to me. You know what I mean? So I mean, that's why I, I think that um, – that's one of the reasons why I think I wanted to, to do this and to talk to people and to, to get um, some facts out there. You know, So uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about your political background and your beliefs and um, how you got to where you are? Yeah. And, so, where, and what you believe, basically. So we'll start where you, where you got started and then – you could talk about so you want me to give a little bit of background of how I even got interested? Yeah, in yeah, definitely. I want to hear the whole story. Yeah, so <laughs> it actually started real young in eighth grade. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little crazy. Um, that was the year of uh, Bush versus Clinton. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I remember. So Bush. Um, so Bush Senior. Bush right, Senior. George H. Walker, yeah. uh, H. Walker Bush versus um, Bill Clinton. So this is nineteen ninety two. Then nineteen ninety two. Okay. Yeah, eighth grade. Uh, in social studies class, one day a week, we'd always talk about current events. Mm-hmm. And that was the election year. So I found that fascinating by the teacher. And then what really got me going and probably put me really in the direction of me developing what I consider my views today, being a constitutional conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to sound crazy, but I was homesick from school maybe two, three days in a row. And being a sick eighth grader just laying on the couch watching tv price is right no i stumbled <laughs> upon a rush limbaugh tv show oh no yeah. okay all right he had a half hour hour long tv show back then mm-hmm. and because i was fascinated by what we were talking about in school i i listened yeah all right and uh 
in eighth grade, I, don't, I forget how old you are at that time, but it's like probably how, like thirteen or yeah, something, twelve, thirteen, something like, like that. Really, how much of that can you fully understand at that age? You still get a feel for it. But when I was laying there listening, I'm like, this guy's making a lot of sense in what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, high school comms, I still kind of casually pay attention to politics, but being a typical high school kid, I was more worried about following sports, yeah, yeah. hanging out with friends and all that Girls. stuff. Girls. Girls. Yeah. College comms. <laughs> Uh, same same exact thing in college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. didn't change much. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Just throw uh, alcohol into it now. And mm-hmm. um, back then, though, in college was the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Mm-hmm. I got paying attention to that, like a lot of people. Um, and then nine eleven is when everything. You know, I was glued like everyone else mm-hmm. to the TV, watching all the news day after day, twenty four hours a day practically. And then I'd be listening to different politicians on TV, when I would hear, for instance, Republicans speaking, I was finding myself agreeing with them. Mm -hmm. When I would hear Democrats necessarily speak, I'd find myself disagreeing with them. Mm -hmm. So I love to learn. So at that time, I just started buying books like crazy, uh, books written by different politicians, different, so I could get their philosophies of it. Mm -hmm. And And then that turned into US history books. And just the more books I could read, uh, the better. I just wanted to consume myself with as much knowledge as possible. Yeah. And then at the same time, just glued to paying attention to current events all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's uh, what's amazing is that there are there's a lot of information out there in books, but uh, the general population or the general public, um, they're reading headlines on reading headlines. They looking read at the TV. headline yeah. on. Um, something posted on Facebook. Yeah, which something which I definitely understand because especially this day and age there's a lot of factors. I mean, everybody's so busy now. I mean, if you have a if you have children, which I don't have any children, if you're married, which I'm not married, it's tough. So for people like me, it's a little easier to pay attention. I don't have to sit in the living room and watch what everyone's watching. You know, I could I could um I, I live by myself so I can consume whatever I want. So I I I also do read a lot, listen to a lot of different podcasts and stuff. So for people like us, I think you're in the same boat. It's easier for us to to focus on things like exactly. this and to, to pick and choose. So um, and to, to see through the slants, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, so that's that's another reason why I want to talk to you. But um, Yeah, like a lot of people who know me too, personally, can yeah. see my Facebook page. Yeah. They know I'm, I'm posting a lot on it. Yeah. And usually I'm posting because at that moment, that's what I'm listening to. You know, you come in my house, if I don't have a sporting game on, most likely the news is on. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my phone is in my hand 24 <laughs> hours a day. Uh-huh. So I'm constantly reading the news. If I see something that sparks my interest, I'm mm-hmm. posting it online for the sole reason I want to have a discussion with someone and I want to see what they come back with. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why this, I think, is a great platform for that. So you told me that you were interested in Bush and um, for people who are watching or listening and you're not sure Bush senior was Ronald Reagan's vice president. So from 1980 to 1988, he was Ronald Reagan's president before that he was in the military. He was the head of the CIA. That's there's a bunch of stuff you can get into there. So he ran um, against Bill Clinton in 1992 and Bill yes. Clinton won. I mean, obviously you guys should know that I hope. So he was president from 1992. Yeah. He was president from 92 uh, to 2000. 
And that's when we got George Bush, uh, George W. Bush, yep. his son became president. Um, and Al Gore ran against him. And I actually voted for Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think so. I'm going to talk about a little bit how I got into this. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps and I was always interested in history, I believe. So I think I came at it from that angle because I was always very interested in different governments and how they came to be and, um, you know, how everything went from there was, there used to be Kings and then from Kings, people wanted, uh, to have the power. So there's revolutions and, you know, like the French revolution. And one thing that another thing I like to bring up, and I, um, I always talk about when I talk about revolutions, because you have people, especially these days now, people saying it, but people have always said it, we need another revolution. We need another revolution, which I'm not saying that I'm against having another revolution, but I think that people should understand what a revolution is. Our revolution that we had in 1776 to get away from Britain, to get away from England, it was a it was a pretty bloody revolution. It was a pretty bad war, but it went in a really positive direction. And revolutions don't always go in positive dire- directions. If you want to look at a good example, just look at the French Revolution That's and all the turmoil exactly they went through. And I think it, the big difference was because we were away from England, so we broke away from them. But if we were having a revolution now, we're not going anywhere. Those people we fought are still going to be here. They're fan, you know. So it's I I think. My thing is I would love to have any kind of solution to this would be something that was bloodless, just, uh, uh, I think, a, a ideal shift, just like a paradigm shift. And it's things that happened before. Um, you know, we have the Internet, which is one of the greatest resources or tools for that. So that's really what, where I'm coming at from. Um, you know, I would be the first person, if I had to, to pick up arms and fight tyranny if we had to do it. You know, I, I joined the military for that reason. Um, and so, but I don't, I don't think that's the solution. So I was in the military. I wanted to, I wanted to, um, like I said, I was always a huge fan of history. I joined the military. I wanted to defend my country. I wanted to do my duty. But when I got to the military, um, I realized that a lot of it wasn't, that's not what it was really about. We were in other countries and I always thought that we were fighting for freedom stuff, but it looked like to me, the reason why we were there wasn't exactly freedom, and it looked like um, – I'm trying to explain. They, they kind of pushed it to where we're – we did help a lot of people, obviously we did, but I, I, I saw that it wasn't exactly what it seemed when you signed up. You know what I mean? I don't know exactly how to say it, but it wasn't like we were always the good guys. I'll say it that way. And I, got, I did a little reading myself, um, and I got interested in Smedley Butler, who was a Marine – and he was a Marine Corps general, and he wrote this great book, and it was called uh, War is Racket. And he was in the Marine Corps. He won two Medals of Honor, which if you're not sure what that is, that's the highest decoration you can get. And that's usually what people die. So if, if you know, if you're with your buddies in the Army or whatever it is, and someone throws a grenade, and you jump on it in combat, and you die and save everybody, you get a Medal of Honor, basically. But he got two of them, and he turned down another one because that's the kind of person he was. He's like, I, you know, uh, yeah, he was, he was a maniac. So he was in... Uh, mostly heavy before World War One, and then he was a general in World War One, and he ran a base in France. They wouldn't let him near the action, and yeah, he was he was very outspoken. But his books were really interesting, and he talked about how basically he was a strong arm for big business in the Caribbean in China. So he was um, instead of going places to uh, in the interest of the American people, it really seemed like he was there in the interest of American big business. So that's another thing, obviously, I'm sure we'll talk about and get into. So that's kind of how I started looking into it. So 
my thing was when I um, became aware of all this, and I, I always realized that, like, when I was in the Marine Corps, it was a good time. It was in the 90s, and everything seemed to be going well, and that's when Clinton was in. So I kind of wanted to keep that going. So I didn't really have a grasp of politics and, you know, everyone's beliefs. So I was just like, oh, yeah, Al Gore. We'll get into that. And then once um, once 9-11 happened, same kind of thing. It was opening, eye-opening for me. And then I started to see how our freedoms started to shrink a little bit. And, you know, everyone's like, we got to be safe. We got to do all this stuff and we have to protect against the terrorists. And I was always like, well, we're tough, though. We're Americans. We could take care of ourselves, you know, and um, that's kind of where I got woken up to it a little bit. And this is this is shortly after where you and I met. Yeah. Mm hmm probably about 2004-ish. Yeah, yeah, then. yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Uh, me and Brendan would meet, and we'd, we'd go out every single weekend together, and uh, it'd usually start yep. off with uh, us talking politics, yep. and arguing about something, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, exactly. and he was anti-Bush, anti-war, and I was yep. pro-Bush, yep. and, and supporting the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, mm -hmm. and um Back then, I was probably a lot like what Brandon just described. Like, mm -hmm. we got to do things to keep us safe, which I still, of course, believe Oh, yeah, in. yeah. And I think we did a lot of great things during the Bush administration. Mm -hmm. But I think some things could have been better mm -hmm. or not as good. Like, for instance, one th area where I've probably changed my – where not probably, definitely I've changed my views was back then you were against the Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. I was for the Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like – this is great. We need to know what the terrorists are doing. Mm -hmm. We can't let another 9-11 style attack happen, which I still believe. I believe that also, yes. But the Patriot Act, what was wrong with that, and uh, I actually learned this from a uh, uh, grad school professor. Oh, nice. Yes, we were talking about it in a legal class, and somehow we got talking about the Patriot Act. And she said there's one word in it, though. It says, um, what I used to support about the Patriot Act was – that you still had to get a warrant mm -hmm. from a judge. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, we need to do that. It's constitutional. But what it said was when the government brings forth that warrant, a judge shall grant it. Shall means the judge has, has to. to do it. Oh, all right. So there was no way for the judge to say no, no yeah. warrant. So uh, it was actually the Bush administration acting like, hey, look, we're still abiding by the Constitution, when in reality they weren't. Yeah. Because they were forcing the judge to do it. Mm -hmm. And once I heard that and thought about that, I was like, that changes all my views mm -hmm. on the Patriot Act. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a very slippery slope. And when it comes to rights, when it comes to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, I believe one of the biggest problems is people aren't really aware of what their rights are or the rights they're losing. And even if we, we as in people who are freedom-minded, win a small battle – there's always people trying to take the freedoms away, whether it be you know government or business or whatever it is, or people in government. It's not like there's a um, one evil person. And it also has to do with a lot where the road to hell is paved with good intentions yes. too. You know, some yes. people, a lot of people have good intentions and they want to make everyone safe. But in the what you're doing is by expanding the power of the government. The problem is, and as people now, it's funny because. People who were okay with um, President Obama with executive orders, what he was doing in, in um, signing executive orders, now that Trump is in, they're really scared. And there was a lot of people who were saying, hey, guys, one of them, I have to give a shout out to this uh, gentleman's name is Dan Carlin, and I listen to his podcast. It's called Common Sense. And he also has one called Hardcore History. And he would say, hey, guys, listen, all the Obama supporters, 
I understand. And he's he's kind of just a journalist. He doesn't really take sides. He just talks. Um, and he said that, you know, it's great that you, your guy has the power, but what happens in four, eight years when he's not in power and someone else has the exactly. power? And what happens if someone that you really don't like gets in and has that power? And that's exactly what happened for people who don't like Trump. And now he's in and he has these Th- That's sort of powers. what I loved about watching yeah. Facebook after the election. Yeah. You know, uh, before the election when Obama was still president, he's signing all these executive orders. All my friends on the right are going crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. The election happens. Trump becomes president. Now it's completely reversed. All my Democrat friends are going mm-hmm. crazy. And it was like, where were you guys when Obama was doing mm-hmm. this? Yeah, yeah. So, And that that's what a lot of people don't understand. That's the thing we could talk about is the executive branch, the way government is set up for our government, the executive branch isn't supposed to make laws. That's up to the... Um, not the, judi- the legislative branch. I was going to say judicial for some reason. So it's their. Well, they, actually, they. Yeah, they try to make some laws. As yeah, well. the judicial. Well, they also try to, but they're supposed to interpret the laws, and then the executive branch is supposed to kind of, you know, l- oversee everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I think we're we're definitely way out of whack. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things you could point to, and it's just like anything else. Just like a, a body. Like if you have a healthy body, you know, you're in something's wrong with you. It's going to affect other parts of your body Absolutely. and other parts of your output. So that's, that's another thing that I, that definitely we're going to get into, um, talking about this stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to think where else I was going to go. Oh, so, okay. So I was talking about where I was and then we met and then we used yeah. to argue about things all the time. Yeah. We argued all through the Bush administration yeah, yeah. and Obama became president and we found ourselves suddenly agreeing. Yeah. 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 It was like, wait. I'm I like, thought, welcome to my side, yeah. ish, kind of. Yeah. I was like, wait, I thought we were enemies. What happened yeah, here? Yeah, and, and, uh, and like I, I always try to explain to people, it's like, you know, um, and I and I think that's what you discovered, and and I had discovered a little earlier, where it's the right versus left yes. mentality, and what happens is people get behind their person, and it all stems from like we said. Um, a lot of it has to do, it's not like I'm blaming people. You know, there's a lot of people I get up and be like, oh, people are sheep and you guys are terrible. Which, no, I understand. You have a life. You have kids, you know, you have a mortgage you have to pay. You have all these things. It's hard for you to pay attention. It's easy to pick a side and then just support that side. Yeah. I always compare it to people turn politics now into sports. Yeah. It's it's the Yankees versus Red Sox. Yeah, it is. Republicans versus Democrats. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, if uh, a Yankee player is taking steroids, you're going to hear Red Sox fans going crazy, dirtiest player in the world, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, they'll they'll defend their own guy. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. And, uh, People do that with politics, and through the last election, anyone who knows me knows I haven't been the biggest Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. I like him half the time. The yeah. other half the time, I can't stand him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's simply because <laughs> I don't want to play that team, sp- team yeah. thing anymore. Yeah, I have my values, and I stick to it regardless of uh, you know the politician. Yeah, and I, I think that's very important. So if you are a Trump supporter and you're watching or listening to this, I think the most important thing you could do is to be critical of your person. You yes, know, you absolutely. shouldn't just um, go with what they say. Look at what they're saying or what they're doing. Like you said, yeah, they're doing good things. And, and it is really hard because I've never seen the mainstream media go after a sitting president so hard. The way they're going after well, The way after they're going after him, which it is ridiculous. But the I love it because... They're talking about stuff like the deep state, which you would never hear the mainstream media talk about, like the CIA or the deep state or things that they were doing. So there's stuff that's getting uncovered unintentionally, probably, 
um, which is which is great to me, which is hilarious. They're the really discrediting too, themselves. Though, what I love about this last last election is they're not relevant anymore. Yeah, they're so yeah, they're, they really aren't. Yeah, new media and social media have yeah. taken them out of the game. They yeah. did everything uh, the mainstream media did to help Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. and she lost. Yeah, they couldn't win the election for her. And what basically beat her was Trump connected with the people. Yeah, and combined that with new media. Mm-hmm and social media and people like you and me could share an article on Facebook or put an opinion out there on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere else. And it's going to impact just as many people as if not more, Yeah, if not more than yeah. what the New York times is going to put out. Yeah. Um, you know, the best type of marketing a lot of times is word of mouth. People trust people they know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if I'm putting an opinion out there, you're putting an opinion out there. Someone might be paying attention to that more than, some reporter they don't know because that person might be biased, even though they know we're we're probably biased too. Mm-hmm. But everyone's biased. Yeah, well, obviously everyone is biased because of their beliefs and what they've been through. Um, so that's actually a great segue into. So, what exactly if somebody asked you, came in and said, "Hey, Eric, what are, what are you? Like, what's your political Constitutional affiliation?" Constitutional conservative. Constitutional conservative. Okay, nice can you explain time. a little bit for people who have no idea what that is? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it, a lot of people don't. No, no, it's, yeah. Uh, no, it's amazing. People will always ask me, why are you so Republican? And I say back to them, I'm not so Republican. Mm-hmm. I'm a conservative. I'm a constitutional conservative. Yes. I believe in individual liberty, individual freedom. I believe the government should not tell me, should not tell you mm-hmm. how to live our lives. We should choose how we want to live our lives. The government should get out of our way. And uh, government's main responsibility is to keep us safe. That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just let us choose our way of living. Mm-hmm. So um, building on that a little bit, I could explain what my thoughts and, and what I believe. And um, I've, I'm really attracted to libertarianism. And I remember you said that to me one time. You're like, you're a libertarian because of the things I was saying. I'm really attracted to it, but I hate to put myself in any one camp. You don't want a label. Or, or a label because, but I can explain, oops, I can explain why, what I like about libertarianism, what it is. Um, basically, there's a few principles in libertarianism, and one of them is the non-aggression principle, which I really love. And that states that you should never, um, that aggression is wrong if you just, or, or I'm sorry, that violence is wrong and that you should never uh, use violence against somebody when it's un, um, you're more in the uh, Ron Paul. Yeah, more more kind of like Ron Paul. Yeah, exactly. Stay out of yes. uh, foreign affairs. Yeah, yeah, and and also it has to do though with just here at home, and it has to do a lot with um, private property rights. So I believe in private property, and like you said, I believe in freedom. I think yeah. that the American people or any person, I don't even believe that half the American person, but I believe that any person has the right they should be um that they have natural rights and that you have the right to govern yourself Mm -hmm. and that also has to do with that you have the right to put whatever you want to into your body so i agree that you should be able to so you didn't support mayor bloomberg's uh (laughs) ban on soda there no no i think that listen hey if you want to drink um if you want to drink a lot of soda and you know you want to and you want to hurt yourself, that's it's your right to do it. If you want to, um, if you want to shoot heroin, I believe that it's your right to do it. I don't think that we should take people um, and make laws and then lock them in the cage, especially for nonviolent uh, offenses. I believe you know that's another thing that I definitely am going to be talking about a lot on this show, which is that. <laughs> it's funny because everybody talks about other countries and how oppressive we are, but we have. 
the highest percentage of our population is locked in jail than any other country. So, and most of them are for nonviolent offenses. So that to me really lets you know that there's a problem. So that, that those are my beliefs. I really believe in personal freedom and that, um, you know, we should really focus on here at home. Yep. Um, there's a lot of other nuances and we can get into it. And the reason I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm fully on board or call myself a libertarianism or libertarian is because they want to get rid of every regulation, which I understand. I understand that, you know, government regulations are usually just get in the way. Anytime you put the government in charge of something, I mean, you know, look at the post office, you know what I'm saying? It's a great example. Listen, <laughs> if you look at the post office every year, I love you guys. Yeah. It's, but it's, they're not making money. Um, if you go to the DMV, that's another, um, organization that's run by the state. Everybody hates going to the DMV. They there's just, not one government program run well. Yeah. That's what I mean. Uh, there's one that it's run arguably well, and that's like the wildlife and fishing game. And the reason it is, is because the, I believe the people who hunt and fish, are usually pretty responsible and, you know, they're paying into a system and they see kind of what's going on, you know, it, but it's, um, and it's a smaller one. It's, it's, uh, much smaller. So, um, whereas a libertarian would be for getting rid of a, a lot of, uh, government, uh, I'm sorry, regulations against business and stuff. I'm not saying that we should get rid of them right away only because of the situation we find ourselves in right now. So it's, I don't know if we can go from being where we are to being a libertarian society tomorrow, or we could just start getting rid of these regulations because sometimes we have these entities such as big business that are giant, you know, that are hurtful to us. And the reason they exist, I believe is because government is so big and protects them, mm -hmm. you know, and, and doesn't let them fail. So that's, that's kind of where I fall into it. So I understand if someone's like, Oh, libertarians are crazy. You guys don't want to have any laws. You want to have anarchy, which I could see, how anarchy would work as a society, but I'm not sure how we would get there from here. You know what I mean? Because in the world we yeah. live today. So I like to fight for the constitution. I like to fight for smaller government. I like to fight for rights of individual people. And um, those are my big main, main uh, pillars. So whenever you hear me say something and we're talking about it, that's basically where it's coming from. We pretty much, I think, agree on all of yeah. that. Where we disagree on a lot is... Um, the war stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's what we always do. Mm -hmm. I'm not a person, don't get me wrong, I'm not out here, hey, let's go to war with mm -hmm. Syria tomorrow. But did I and do I still support, you know, our uh, actions in Iraq and Afghanistan? Absolutely, I still support those mm -hmm. where you are the opposite. Mm -hmm. But then when it comes to the individual freedoms in this country, yeah. we find ourselves on the same map for yeah. this stuff. And that's stuff we could talk about. Um, and a lot of times that's the difference between conservatives and libertarians. Yeah. We're, we're like connected mm -hmm. but there's always that one foreign issue where we disagree exactly on. and if we could get it and what i what i tell people uh, and, and what i hear which is great um uh, between other people's if we have agreements why would we argue about the little bits the little things that we don't agree with too. you know it is <laughs> no. fun but let's let's focus on what is really agree. important you yes. know and then we could always That's touch on stuff things. and we could talk about the wars yeah. and because like i said i'm not opposed to a military action if it's needed i just um i just think that it really is either the last La last last, uh, resort. last resort or you just have to look into reasons why we're doing certain mm -hmm. things you know um yeah, so that's let's see how much time we got in so far. Uh, so we've been going for about a half an hour, and I think we explained pretty much our stances on things. Um, so that that gives 
a foundation of what we believe. I have a couple topics here that I don't know if we can get into, but we can kind of talk about. And maybe this is, uh, if someone's listening or watching, they could suggest what they want us to talk about in the future. But stuff like, um, and we kind of touched on this a little bit, and it's candidates versus standing president. So, for example, you have a candidate, Barack Obama. You know, he says, I want to end Guantanamo Bay. I want to restore habeas corpus. Uh, I'm going to end these wars. He also said he wanted to stop illegal immigration and deport them. Yeah, yeah he did say yeah, he Sounds that. Sounds completely opposite yeah. than today's Democrat Party. And what people, what I think... Um, yeah, yeah, it really does. That's a good point. What people should should realize is when someone's running for president, a lot of times the last couple successful president campaigns, what they do is they find there. Was, so there's already an anti-war movement going on. There was one going on, a grass movement, one that started. Somebody that's smart sees that, and maybe you know, maybe he really did believe in those things. I I don't they know tap, what they, happens they to you in. after you become president. You know what I mean? He well, could have been think, elected and then brought into a room, and they could have said, "Listen, this is the JFK video. This is what happens if you don't play ball." I don't, I don't know what happens. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to blame people. I'm I just think here once to they have certain things. information, yeah. it's tough for them. Yeah, to make it's got to be really tough. Yeah, you know they have, they know so much more than we know. Oh yeah, of yeah. What's going on? It really is. Yeah, so I think that's a lot of what happens with it. But like, yeah, Obama as candidate Obama, you know, the Mr. Hope and Change. The constitutional professor, yeah. you know, that that well, sounded the la- really... The last two presidents, well, Trump and Obama, I think were different. Uh, they were more populist. Yeah, they, they were. They, that's they, where I was getting into. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Go into ahead. the pulse of the American people. Mm-hmm. So if you look at Bush during his term, his eight years, you had... After 9-11, you had the mainstream media. And back then, you didn't have the whole social media aspect of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, we had MySpace a little bit, but it wasn't it, like it yeah, is it now. Yeah, it was nothing. Yeah. So everyone was still dependent on three, four news channels. You know, CBS was huge, MSNBC, mm-hmm. Fox, CNN. That's all you had. And then New York Times. Um, you had the mainstream media bashing him for eight years. Mm-hmm. Every single day on the news was a body count. Mm-hmm. How many Americans dead yeah. today? Mm-hmm. And every single day, that's all you had. Mm-hmm. Um which start- let me tell you, I loved. Just so you guys know, but finish the story. Yeah, Go ahead. But that <laughs> that would that beat down on his popularity. You mm-hmm. know, people get tired of every day. It's war, war, war. Oh yeah. Dead bodies, dead bodies, dead bodies. Now you have this young, energetic candidate come forward. He didn't give many ideas, but he did say hope and change, hope and change, hope and change. Mm-hmm. And people were buying into it because he was going to bring hope and change. No one could tell me what that meant. Yeah. And- I- like you said, there was a strong anti-war movement because yes. a because of the mainstream media. There's a lot of people against the the wars, so I think he really tapped into that yes. and wrote it into the White House. Yeah, and then when he got there, he he <laughs> he came in at a tough time. At, yeah, uh, you know the housing crisis just occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, right, like what was that a month before the election? The bubble burst and the economy uh, went to hell and all of that and. He came with his economic plans to revive the economy. He, his plans, you know, you as expected, Republicans were like, this will never work. Democrats were like, yes, it will. Mm-hmm. Well, after eight years of Obama, we never had, you know, an increase in the economy. Of course, it, the Democrats were saying uh, the uh, unemployment rate's going down, but they were using funny numbers. Yeah, that's that's the problem with any kind of numbers like yeah. that. They statistics you can always twist them. You know, a lot of, with the unemployment. I remember even I was unemployed during those years, yep. uh, and I was collecting. And then I found out once 
you were only allowed to collect for a certain amount of time. And then once you were off that, you didn't even count didn't as an count. unemployed that's person what anymore. <laughs> that's how the unemployment rate yeah, kept yeah. falling because after eight years of Obama, we had the lowest um, employment participation rate since 1977. Mm-hmm. So that meant in, what was that, 40 years? Uh, More had, people were out of work. Yeah, we yeah. had the least amount of Americans working mm-hmm. than ever. And uh, Americans were living that even though during the – his whole presidency, you never had the mainstream media talking about that, mm-hmm. but people were living that at their dinner tables. Mm-hmm. It was tough for them. And then you had Trump come in and he tapped into that. Yeah. He tapped into the, into, exactly everyone that was out of work. That, people that were make America great and tapped into that. And people had anger and that's how the two of them got in. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, the thing about Obama is, um, I don't believe everything that he did or stood for was negative. I don't agree with him as, you know, because I don't agree with Democrats and I don't agree with their idea. But I, there's a couple positives. I think it's great that in a nation where we used to have people, you know, we used to support slavery and we oh, had black people as slaves. Now we have a black person as the figurehead, the president, you know, the leader. I think that's great. I thought I thought on his uh, first inauguration day when he sworn into office and he had his hand on the Lincoln Bible. Yeah. I was like, that's the coolest thing yeah, I've that, ever seen as an American. That's right what there. I mean. A, uh, a black man has his hand on the Bible, the president who freed the slaves. Yeah. I, I, I was like, take it back. I'm like, yeah. that's so cool. And, th- and that's what I mean when I get upset because people will talk about how they hate Obama or hate this person. And that's what I mean. I'm, I'm not here to try to blame no, people no. for what happens. And I think that moment was great. You know, I also think that him tapping into that anti-war movement and him getting yes. elected means there's hope because there's people out there that voted for him because of what he was saying, because of what he represented, not because of he was uh, a leftist Democrat. You know, they wanted to end the wars. They wanted uh, a hope. They wanted change. They wanted to change the existing system. And that's exactly yes. what Trump tapped into. He was basically saying, we're going to make America great again. We're going to change what's going on. We're going to drain the swamp, which yeah. for you guys don't means he, he wanted to get rid of um, – all the career politicians that were just looking out for themselves and stuff like that. Now, his Trump's ideas. done one thing with that that I love. Uh, I I don't have the numbers in front of me for the years, but now like certain politicians be- cannot become a lobbyist mm-hmm. for a certain amount of years oh, since really? they leave office. If you were like a consultant to the White House or something like that, mm-hmm. there's a, like I could be totally wrong on the number, but like you can't be a lobbyist for like seven years. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Where you know all before you could leave as a mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, working in the White House for the president and the next day walk in and now you're a lobbyist for some big pharma company or something like that. And it's like, that's how you drain the swamp. And to break it down even more for um, people who are watching that don't know exactly what he's talking about is if you're a a senator or if you're a congressman or if you're an aide, Mm -hmm. if you work in government – there's lobbyists that work for this gov- uh, work for a different country. Say they work an, an easy one is oil, right? Because everybody knows about big oil. So say an oil company or even a tobacco company. That's yep. another one. Cigarettes. They have lobbyists that will they meet with the congressman. They they take them out to dinner. They give them money. Whatever. I mean, they probably buy them cars. Who knows what happens? And you got to think about it. If this was a ex congressman, ex senator, mm-hmm. now you're lobbying your old. Coworkers, it, the yeah, only exactly. People you used to sitting meetings with you probably ate dinner with you. Used yeah, to go oh to yeah. The bar with have drinks. So you know the game inside out. Yes, and so, now you're lobbying with your friend. Yeah, exactly. So, so, and a lot of people don't know. Also, when you first get elected to Congress, 
most of what you do all day is you're on the phone and you're trying to call people and raise money. A great way I just saw the show uh, The Wire. I know it's a little bit breaking into, it, but if you ever saw if you ever saw the show The Wire, which I know a lot of people did, Carcetti was the mayoral candidate, and they'd show him all the time on the phone calling trying to raise money. And that's what happens. So you spend your time, most of your time trying to raise money, get money. And then you have other people who are willing to give you this money. But then obviously you have to vote the way they want you to vote. And then after you have your career as a congressman, you can work for these companies making, I mean, you could leave as a congressman the next day, get a job making, you know, I don't know, millions or whatever it is making a lot of money. It's amazing. There's all these politicians who go into office Regular men and women like us. Yeah, so there's they a huge conflict of interest. Millionaires. Yeah. How is that possible? The giant conflict of interest, and that's Ms. something that I Mr. want to Bernie show right Sanders, on. Mr. Bernie Sanders, the man for the people, uh, didn't start working until he was 30 or 40 years old, never held a job. His only job has been elective office. Yeah. I owns three homes today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's most likely a millionaire. You want to he, talk about corruption. And I think they said what he paid, what, like 14% oh, taxes yeah, 14%, or 12%. Yeah. So when if you're somebody who's a Bernie Sanders supporter, which, listen, I get it. He said, you know, there was a lot of corruption. Wall Street did fuck a lot of people over, took a lot of their money. They took a lot of American wealth, whether you're a bank, and then you're propped up by the government. I understand that's where the anger comes from. You get somebody like Bernie Sanders who comes in and, and says these things. But if you look at his actions, so the same thing, you look at, Obama the candidate, Trump the candidate, Bernie Sanders the candidate, what do you think his actions would be? And the other thing that I love to tell people is he wants to take his ideas to take everyone's money and redistribute it. But the problem is it's not if you think Bernie Sanders is a nice guy, it's not this nice old man Bernie Sanders. It's people who are going to take this money are going to take it at the point of a gun, you know, so the IRS is basically going to tell you if you don't pay, you're going to jail, and then they're going to take this money and put it back into the government. Who does a terrible job with the money, I think, anyway? Oh, horrible. <laughs> you know what I'm There's saying? There's a new one. I was just reading this yeah. one today. Uh, ben Carson, you know, he now heads HUD. Mm-hmm. He did an audit, like uh, $500 billion, I think it was, uh, in money they found misspent. Oh, it's yeah. Like, yeah, that's – well, that, and that's the job um, – Government's horrible at spending Yeah, government money. in general. And when we say government, we don't mean – Right or left. I'm talking about government. That's Both why sides. conservatives like to shrink government because there's a lot of wasteful spending. I remember when I was in the Marines, we used to see the price sheets for stuff that we ordered, you know, and it was a big scandal was going on and the hammer was like $100. Yeah, that's like unbelievable. A crappy hammer. We would get charged $100, which means you guys, if you're paying taxes, you were getting charged that. Toilet seats were like 500 bucks. You you know what I mean? So in the, the money goes in. And it just, you know, it just disappears. So that's what his plan, Bernie Sanders, is to take the money and distribute it. But he's going to use the government. So that money's going to get funneled through the government. And you're going to get like so like maybe a third of yeah. the money to be yeah. used. And not even that. It's just going to. Yeah. So that's that's my main um, problem. And that's the problem with socialism in general or social democracies. So it's never worked anywhere. Ever yeah. Tried. Yeah. It hasn't. It's not in in um, a lot of people like to point to Europe in some of the European countries where it might be working, but a lot of those European countries weren't always socialist and a lot of their wealth was built from when they weren't social as socialistic and now they are. And now they're having a little bit of problems. So oh, Europe's in a complete mess. Yeah. But if you look at it too, a lot of them don't even spend money on military. They depend on us yeah, for yeah. all of that. Yeah. So that's why they could do something. Yes. So that's, that's another a good argument for shrinking, shrinking military and letting people, um, 
tell Germany they got to fight on their own and not depend on us. Yeah, work on their NATO own countries. And yeah, that's 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 definitely a great point. And you don't forget we have nuclear bombs, so that's really the that's one of the main reasons I believe there probably hasn't been a world war since World War II because everyone's kind of like, all right, we get it. You know, there's skirmishes and fights and stuff. Um, but that's another topic. So that's another topic we're definitely going to be talking about, which I love. Um, were you going somewhere with that? I didn't cut you off, did I? I don't even remember. Anything. I don't remember either. That's that's right, though. We're here to rant and we're here to lose our place. Um, so that's that's definitely something I'd like to talk about, and especially in future candidate versus actual president and what they're what they have to say and what they're going to do. Um, let's see here, mass incarceration. We t- touched on that a little bit. I definitely want to get into that going forward in the future in a couple shows. Um, I just think that it's we're we were born into it. We were born into just saying no. We were born into people saying drugs are bad for you. Um, you know, this is bad for you. There was a time. Who's that police dog? The cartoon one. Oh, McGruff. McGruff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Uh, listen, I'm not saying drugs are good for you. I'm just letting you know that. And there was also a time when people said alcohol is bad for you. Yes, it is bad for you. Cigarettes, yes, they are bad for you. They're horrible, but but as let a us citizen, make our own yeah, let yeah. let us make our own choices. I like to exactly. enjoy a cold beer every now and then. Yeah, as long as you're not hurting anyone else, and as long as you're um, honest about it, you know that's yeah. really the really the big thing. So um, I think that's that'll probably do it for today. Unless there's anything else you wanted to to talk no, about, it, I think we kind of that's good. I think we pretty much told who we are. Yeah, where we come from with this, and. Uh, Looking forward to talking more yeah, topics. Definitely. So any anyone out there that's listening, if you want to talk to us, if you have any questions for the show, a way you can get a hold of me is through my email. It's Brandon at comedylol.com. Um, you could find me if you're friends with me on Facebook. You could, you know, leave a comment under this video. We're gonna put it up on YouTube. Uh, we're gonna have the podcast go through iTunes and that's all gonna be found at comedylol.com. Um, Eric, do you have an email or something they could not at this point. <laughs> <Not at this laughs> just, just direct it to me. I'll get it to him. Um, also, if you're listening to this, I'm going to be performing at Comics Comedy Club on 420, April 20th this year at 10 o'clock show. If you want to come out and see me, it's going to be a really good time. Um, a lot of funny people on the show. Pat Oates is hosting the show. So um, go to it. Yeah, and when I'm not talking politics, I'm a real estate agent just trying to sell homes. Yeah, there you and, go. So uh, if you need to buy a home. find a place to call home. That's right. If you uh, like this guy and you want to buy a house from him or list your house, hit him up. I'd love to help you out. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to B&E. We'll talk to you soon. It was fun, everyone.